The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show where we love to talk about, guess what, the NFL. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, Apple devices, Spotify, uh, TuneIn Radio, Stitch, whatever the case may be. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out. You can also watch us. You can do so live, but you can also do so after the fact on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter page, assuming that still exists. My name is RJ Cho. You know me from SB Nation's blog and the boys, home of America's team. Um, and, you know, with me as always, the fantastic Rachel Prevet on the ones and twos, but here to give us uh, some beautiful, bold, brazened takes, the triple B, uh, not for Big Baller brand. It is for Big Baller bro, Pete Sweeney from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. Pete, your thoughts on the Triple B brand? Did you buy the shoes? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, and good afternoon. No, no, no purchase of the shoes for me. I enjoy the Triple B. Whatever you want to serve up, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to eat here, RJ. You know that. Uh, Pete, it was a late night for you, obviously, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs Indeed, getting yeah. the overtime Sunday night football win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get up, you do the local news, you know, hits. I don't, you know, uh, did you sleep at all? Like we're talking three hours, maybe? What's the deal here? Yep, three hours, uh, three three good hours uh, of sleep, and and we've been rolling here. We gotta we gotta cover everything that happened on on Sunday night football. What made it even worse this week was that we. We fell back, so it, it technically body clock wise was even an hour later than that. So you know we're, we're uphill battle. I, I would, I would, I would push back against that because you, you theoretically got an extra hour of sleep entering the day. Uphill battle, setbacks pave the way for comebacks, and we're going to try to come back here. So mm, nothing but complaining. Interesting. Uh, well, um, you know we want to start things off talking about the best team in the AFC West. So that would not be the Kansas City Chiefs. That would of course be the loss. <laughs> Angeles Chargers and joining us from Bolts from the Blue you know him you hear him he is basically a better version of anybody you have ever met in your life it is Michael Peterson not Baker Mayfield who did get back in the game for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday afternoon Michael thank you so much for taking the time to join us you are on mute though by the way I don't know if Baker would have muted himself happy to be here happy to be here 
you know what it is. Yeah. Wow. Um, what are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Chargers finally not being frauds? I'm a little upset at the Chargers, Michael. Well, I mean, that's kind of a, a little bit of a stretch that they're not frauds after barely winning a game where they handed the ball back to the Falcons a couple times in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, it was their fourth one of the last five where I think it's all within one score. I think three of those games were three or less points. Um, definitely, you know, not sustainable for the Chargers. But at this point, when you have 40% of your roster healthy um, and a lot of money sitting on the bench or on IR, uh, you'll take wins any way you can get them. And fortunately, the Chargers are five and three with, uh, you know, a really, really tough two game stretch. here coming up with the 49ers and Chiefs. You mentioned that four or five with the wins and not to say that they've been the prettiest wins, but they have been wins. As you talk about some of the struggles, how much of it is concerning about Justin Herbert and how much is it just the team as a whole? You know, I, I think with Justin Herbert's first two seasons, we've we've set the bar super high for yeah. how he should look pretty much week in and week out. And, you know, lately he's he's thrown for around, you know, 250 yards a game. He gets maybe one touchdown. It's been uh, he hasn't had a lot of multi touchdown games this season, but that's, you know, to be expected when you don't have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, he's thrown to a lot of guys who wouldn't normally sniff a active NFL roster. I mean, you've got Michael Bandy, you've got Keelan Doss, Jason Moore, a lot of guys who some would consider almost NPCs. You know, if you're playing Madden, you have no idea who you're, who you're throwing these footballs to. Um, but again, not the prettiest wins. I think at the end of the day, this is all you right. can ask for. You don't have your stars on the field. You don't have uh, really a healthy team whatsoever. Any way you can get a win is is fine. Um, it's just tough knowing that even though they're sneaking out these wins, they're not going to get a lot of their good players back again. We don't know when Keenan Allen's coming back. Williams is out a few weeks. Bose is not coming back for another mm -hmm. month or so. Uh, you know, they got to keep surviving. And I just don't know how, again, sustainable it is to win this way. The Keenan Allen thing is very strange. Um, like what's happened yep, there. Um, and I feel like this Charger season has been very strange. Like, I mean, I guess you could argue that there's reason for optimism. And obviously we wouldn't have asked you to come on if they hadn't won and there wasn't something to be pumped about. But it is like kind of like somber. Like there's like a, a cloud hanging mm -hmm. over them. They're on Sunday Night Football next week. So I feel like um, like. I, I, I personally think that nobody likes to tear into the Chargers like when they're bad. But if you're on, you know, the national spotlight, it, there's kind of nowhere to hide. Uh, I think the Chargers benefited mm -hmm. from not being the Broncos the last time they were uh, on Monday Night Football. But like is, this team just feels really loose. Like it, it feels like they're, you know, like in a movie where like a car or a bike has like a loose, you know, screw and, and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's about to like, mm -hmm. you know, veer off the road or whatever. Like that's what this Chargers team feels like this season. Yeah, you're definitely right. You're you're on the edge pretty much the whole time. You know that wheel's going to come off where it really seems like eventually you put money on it every day. Um, and for some reason, the bike's still going. The car's still going. Um, and you just never know if it's going to make it from point A to point B. Uh it's tough, man. Injuries are are something that Chargers fans and the Chargers franchise know all too well. Uh, if you look over the past decade, essentially um, Tom Telesco's tenure as general manager, there's been two years where they haven't really been hit somewhat hard by the injury bug. And that was in the last two times they've honestly made the playoffs. It was 2013 and then 2018, where they went 12 and four, won a playoff game. And the only real injury that year was Hunter Henry. And they were just fine with Virgil Green, you know, starting at tight end. In 2021, last year, when they went nine and eight and barely missed the playoffs, they also didn't have terrible uh, injury luck as well. But 
you know, that was the one year they didn't make the playoffs where things kind of went their way. Um, and, and regression just hit, man. Regression just hit, you know, the the snake bitten mantras, mm-hmm. the uh, the theme with the Chargers that they just can't get out of their own way. Um, when one injury happens, more and more happen. I mean, look, just look at yesterday. Yeah, they barely won, but it looks like defensive tackle Austin Johnson, who they signed in the offseason to start immediately opposite uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, could be out for the foreseeable future with an MCL injury. So, uh Again, winning is fine, but it seems like at what cost are they winning these games? And it just seems to be more and more injuries. I know that there is an an un, undefined timetable when it comes to Keenan Allen. From the outside looking in, and I, I just want you to sort of describe the situation here. Keenan, it, it seems, is is not thrilled that maybe he was forced back into the mix before he was 100%. He went on record to say that the next time he comes back, he's going to be 100%. Is there a little bit of a rift between medical staff and player right now? And it's a star player, so I, I think that matters. Yeah, I'm not so sure there's there's a rift being mm-hmm. created. Uh, obviously, Keenan Allen, knowing who he is and how much of a competitor he is, he wants to yeah. be out on the field. And I think, as in general, Brandon Staley and his staff has always been very cautious with injuries. Obviously, not playing any of the starters in the preseason. Um, it seemed like Keenan Allen should have returned from the initial hamstring injury, maybe within the first two or three weeks. And then each week it was, you know, it's just not right. I just don't feel it. Um, right before the Texans game, he kind of had a little bit of a setback. Okay, so pushed it off a couple of weeks. And I think they they were cautious all the way up to the Seahawks game. And of course, in that game, he was on a very limited snap count. He only played in the first half, had a couple catches, um, and then didn't play the second half. And then the idea was, okay, that's great to see. He played a half. Nothing came of it. Cool. We go into the bye. Hopefully, we're a little bit healthier on the other side. And then all of a sudden, the entire Chargers team was less healthy on the other side. They're the, the injury report doubled. And then there was obviously the thing with Keenan Allen talking to the media saying, Going forward, uh, well, because he had a yeah. setback right over the bye week. He was training. He was doing his rehab, essentially just running some sprints, kind of warming right. up like that. Um, and so that at that point, I think, is when he decided in his head, man, this thing's not getting better. Uh, you know, next time I go in, I think I just have to make it that black and white. It's either I'm 100% and I'm going to do it or I'm not. And what sucks is that unfortunately puts this, you know, completely up in the air. We don't know when, we're, when we'll see Keenan Allen again. And on top of the Mike Williams high ankle sprain, keeping him out for a month plus, it's just really rough right now for that offense. Have the expectations changed? I, I think that's like my my final like question. And like I I didn't like drink this as much of the Kool Aid as a lot of people. Um, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of Justin Herbert, big fan of Michael Peterson. Um, but I mean, like, there, Me too. <laughs> there's just something about this team that's like hard to like believe in. And so, and I would actually be bothered if expectations changed because I feel like that would be a, like a cop out. Like people were trying to put. Um, you know, I don't mean to like, you know, ruffle the feathers of the super fraudulent AFC West mixtape here. Um, but like people were trying to put the Chargers on on the same like pedestal as the Chiefs. And like so now I, I don't think it's fair to be like, well, they're not there whatever. They're, they're still this like ragtag group of like, you know, underdogs. Like, no, people like there has to be some accountability at some point somewhere. And I don't think that's happening anywhere here. That's my perception, at least. Yeah, I think prior to the biggest injury. So the first two weeks, obviously, you beat the Raiders, um, which seemed like a slugfest. Um, you want to be able to hang your hat on an opening win like that, get some revenge from last year. Uh, but the Raiders obviously haven't looked that great. Uh, the Chiefs game was very close, a very good game of football. Um, Chiefs, you know, did what they normally do. Patrick Mahomes did what he normally does. They scraped by and won that game. Um, and then the Jaguars came uh, to town and I think it was 38 to 10 put a whooping in their own stadium. Uh, but that was the game where Rashawn Slater and Joy Bosa got hurt. Uh, and that's only kind of snowballed from here. Uh, obviously, they had a second home blowout loss to the Seahawks. 
and all their wins have been really close. I believe still the Chargers are worst team in the AFC West in terms of point differential, and that's still below the Broncos and the Raiders who have been as bad as they've been this year. Um, so it is super tough. And, and to answer your question, yes, expectations have changed. I think they've needed to change. Uh, I don't know how you can expect the the superstardom hype around the team to to keep the same i guess when all your superstars are hurt when rashawn slater boso go down uh before jc jackson goes down who you handed 80 million dollars to he is essentially the worst defender on the field every time he takes the field um people want to point to the injury well it was the surgery where he said he, he said like two weeks after the surgery that he was 100 percent so in his words he was fine it wasn't injury related it's just fundamentals and things he needs to get out of his own head um, that's really tough when you go out and get a player like that. So in general, I, I think there's still a level of expectations to have with this team. I think they, they have the power and the, the star talent still available to be a good football team, but they're still underwhelming. And at this point, instead of making the playoffs and winning a playoff game, I think the Chargers right now need to be worried about even making the playoffs once again. Mm. Currently the seventh seed in the AFC. So we'll see how that goes. Of course, Michael will keep you updated at Bolts from the Blue. On Twitter at Zone Tracks, Michael Peterson, thank you for joining us. As you leave, give us one thing you promise to eat before this week is over. Before Friday night, when you sit down, watch a movie with the family, whatever it is, give us one thing you promise to have eaten. It can be breakfast, lunch, or dinner between now and then. Um, like specific food or just literal breakfast, lunch, or dinner? no, 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 like a, li a little meal, like, uh, like, I don't know, like grilled chicken, like, you know, you're going to Chipotle, maybe a, like maybe a know. chicken pot pie. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, my wife and I found a taco truck oh. down the road that is now what we've, what we found to be the best tacos in, in, in the state of Minnesota. I've been here for over a year. It took me over a year to find a place right. to go. This is a place where we're going to go get tacos every Tuesday or whatever. Finally found the place. It's fantastic. It's like right outside a liquor store. Perfect location. Okay. Right. You get your tacos and you get your liquor. So that, that makes that make yep. right. Also, mm -hmm. right took oh, yeah. you a year when it's right down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, so <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. We went to all kinds of brick and mortar places. I've been to other taco trucks. I always passed this one. I was I kept saying to myself, I'm gonna try it sometime. Finally mm -hmm. did. Don't be I about see it. You, like, Over. I don't know what, what kind of vehicle you drive, right. but I can just see you like passing it and being like, next time, next time, next they time. They do say did. in Minnesota, don't be about it taco about it and, and you're finally delivering so we we appreciate that here on mfm yeah the state motto mm -hmm. how can i forget yeah. i don't know what the state flag of minnesota looks like but i promise it's better than the state flag of maryland michael thank you so much for joining us hope you have a wonderful day we love you forever yeah, appreciate it guys pete tweeny uh really getting jalapeno as business there a little bit there um i wanted to say one thing uh, not quite breaking news, um, but Michael uh, mentioned, um, or you mentioned, uh, I don't know which one of you mentioned. I was listening, I promise. But uh, the bye week and things happening over the, it was by uh, Michael. Um, this came out as uh, we were um, recording, as we still are. Uh, Xavier McKinney, New York Giants safety. The Giants were on their bye this past week, and he released a classic notes app statement oh, and no. said, during our bye week, I went away to Cabo. While there, I joined a group for a guided sightseeing tour on ATVs. You know what ATV stands for? Because I don't. It is like one of those vacation. I know what an ATV is, but the, what the is trucks. what is it? What does the acronym stand for? Automated. It's, like a, it's a mini. Vehicle. It's a mini truck. It's like a four wheeler. Like, like again, I know what drive it is. It. I don't know what the acronym is short for. Different um, unfortunately, stuff. unfortunately, I had an accident and injured my hand. The injury will keep me sidelined for a few weeks. I will do everything I can to get back as quickly as possible so I can contribute to what we're building here in NY. These giants over the years have trouble keeping their hands intact during breaks. Mm. All right. Anyway, um, we had 
We'll uh, five other teams on bye. Uh, who, who else weekend. was on bye this week? The Dallas Cowboys, the mm. San Francisco 49ers, mm. the um, Cleveland Browns, mm. the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay. and I don't know the last one. A lot in common with those teams, really. Uh, anyway, well, so uh, we have a lot less games to talk about. Than we're gonna lo- rule. You know what I mean? A lot of, a lot of, uh, <laughs> okay. a lot of fantasy players, which I know you're a part of, uh, referred to this week as uh, by McGinn. So hopefully you made wow. it through. Um, nope, you not know. me. Uh, wow. Uh, I traded Nick Chubb for Jonathan Taylor earlier this year. Woo. Ooh, sucks to suck. All right. Well, let's go to one Chubb, Bradley Chubb, and okay. the Miami Dolphins. Fins got up. the. D- Give us the. I'm not doing it to, to this week. Why? Okay. The Dolphins got the win 35 to 32 over the Chicago Bears in what was the most entertaining game? I know the Chiefs Titans was fun, uh, but this had a lot more back and forth, a lot more scoring, obviously. A um, lot of people starting to hype up, gas up, juice up Justin Fields, two at Tungavailoa. Meanwhile, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, so much better off without the the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs were holding Tyreek back, Pete, I think is the takeaway. Seven (laughs) catches, a buck 43, a touchdown. Jalen Waddle waddled his way to another score. Uh, On the other side of things, Justin Fields, uh, 17 of 28 passing for only 123 yards through the air. Did have three passing touchdowns. Uh, Chase Claypool in his first game with the Bears only caught two passes for 13 targets. But the big thing was Justin Fields on the ground, 15 carries, 178 yards and a score. I don't know if you saw this. It was the most rushing yards that an NFL quarterback has ever had in a regular season game. Mike Vick no longer holds that crown. Yeah, I I give the come up of the week and usually it's to one side or the other, one player or another. But this is almost a a come up game of the week because wow, a come up match. Yeah, come it's because it's a come up, I, I think, for both teams, right? Because Justin Fields has had a lot of questions as to is he a legitimate QB? Can you win with Justin Fields? And I I know they didn't win this game, but that was a performance that makes you say, you know what, this guy definitely is a a franchise quarterback. So if there's any questions about in Chicago about whether or not this is the guy, I think he answered it with an exclamation point. And if Chicago wants to throw him away. Someone is going to make this guy work. And and they were talking about Michael Vick because of the the yardage that he was able to get on the ground. I mean, they've proven in Baltimore that, that you can win this way. As so long as you build around the player, they've done a lot of moves about the, the rebuilding, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm, I'm happy that they went and got him a receiver for once and, and trying to help him. And, and you see what it does for guys like uh, Mooney, who, who was able to, to bring in that touchdown. With the when one-up. the moon hits your eye. With the one-on-one coverage, and then on the Dolphins side, uh, they are a contender. You know, we went into the season not even necessarily knowing if the Dolphins were were someone that we should be considering. I think a playoff team, and as time has gone on, you you've been able to see not only are, are they a playoff team, I I think they could spoil what a lot of people have assumed to be this. Buffalo, Kansas City, maybe Baltimore party. And they went all in with the the Chubb trade. And I like that. I, you know, you feel like, okay, we can do it this year. Let, let's let's put all our chips in and let's let's put all our chips on the table. And this, you know, this wasn't the the, the greatest game. They they did get carved up a little bit by Justin Fields, but the, at the end, you, you know, you win by three points, you get to six and three. This is an interesting Dolphins team. So um, I want to talk about the Dolphins, but very quickly on Justin Fields. Obviously, I saw him really closely last week when he uh, and the Bears lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and he had a kind of a 
a similar performance to this, obviously not as excessive. Um, and the the takes started to kind of come out, right? Like, oh, he's definitely a franchise quarterback, like, like things that you're saying. And I I was a little bit slow to believe, and I'm still slow. Um, but like th- what this game was to me was okay. May- maybe we're on to something. Like you know, it's 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 indicative that last week against Dallas was not just some like flash in the pan performance. It's okay. Like maybe we're figuring something out. I'm still. I'm out as a member of the jury. I'm not quite back, but I'm still discussing and debating and figuring out my opinion on, on this particular player. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, if and this this season has kind of turned low key fun for the Bears. Like it's not fun when you're selling off pieces. You know what I mean? Like the way they clearly are. Um, but if you're discovering something in the process, they're going to be a really sexy pick next year to to kind of like now that the NFC North is in in shambles, like do something special. Comparing to them to to the team you hate the most in the in the league, when you. When you're an Indianapolis fan right now, you you put on the Colts, and there's hardly any reason to watch. Mm. At least with Chicago, now mm. with Fields and the way he's emerging like right. this, there's at least a reason to watch, right? Like that was pretty exciting yesterday. Mm-hmm. And when you have an exciting player like that, yeah, the Bears are not making the playoffs. I I think we all know that, but they can play spoiler to good teams, right? Isn't that this is a team that you're you're looking at? And, you know, I don't have their schedule pulled up, but. They could win some games that they shouldn't and really mess up, you know, what would be the standings down the stretch here. So here's Chicago's schedule. They've got the Lions this week at Atlanta. Atlanta kind of a flirty playoff contender, obviously lost to the Chargers. At the Jets, that's the, kind of a, a playoff implication game. Yes. Um the Packers, we I mean they suck, but uh I tell you this this little two week stretch, uh man, late bye. They have the their I mean other teams do, but they have the latest bye at week fourteen. But so coming off their bye. They will get the Philadelphia Eagles at home in yeah. week 15. Um, and the Eagles, by the way, um, that that's an interesting little four-week stretch for the Eagles. Tennessee at the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys. So three row games in a row, at the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys for the Eagles. Like, I don't know what I think about those games, but I they certainly appear more difficult right now than they did a month ago for Philadelphia, even as mighty as Philadelphia has looked. Right, and... and- and really, if, if you're going to go undefeated, they're the only team that, that hasn't had a loss here. You're going to play some games against teams that you're better than that you, you may uh, wind up being in, in a, a bit of a dogfight. We saw that last week with the Eagles where, you know, the Houston Texans, no one was right. giving them any chance. And all of a sudden you turn on the third quarter and you're like, wait a minute, is Houston about to pull uh, this off? <laughs> right. So I think the Bears um, can be that team uh, against some of these playoff teams. Yeah. Speaking of being that team um, on the Dolphins side of things. I think the Dolphins are the team that people want the Chargers so desperately to be. Like the Dolphins have become that team, and they haven't made the playoffs yet. So, like, I don't want to, you know, right. uh, like count our chickens or anything like that. Yeah. Um. But you know, we've sat here the last few weeks. It's like, man, the class of 2021 quarterbacks like stinks, right? Like Trevor and, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, you know, Trey Lance is a question yeah. mark. Justin Fields obviously looking better, but this class, I mean, Herbert gets all the love, and Joe Burrow is kind of second fiddle for no reason to Joe right. uh, to Justin Herbert. But Tua, like the Dolphins are kind of kind of doing it and 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 they're not doing it like um the way you know poor teams have won divisions in the past like they're they're hanging in a really tough and competitive AFC East the great thing about it being Miami instead of the Chargers too is that the Miami Dolphins actually have fans which is nice for for them so at least <laughs> the fact that you know they're an emerging team there's people to root for that as well which which is good if it was the Chargers kind of you know would be a little bit of a waste um speaking of though uh week four man week 14 is when when we start cooking with gas, because that week the Dolphins are in LA to take on the Chargers. Wow. And then next week they're in Buffalo. That is going to be a fun two week stretch for the Dolphins. Fins up. What a great win. Um, Tua looks great. Every- everything that the Dolphins are doing looks solid. I trust them, except for like the off field 
things that they, they do. Like I trust their football team. Yeah. Um, now once man, like no pendulum has swung as back and forth as Miami's this this season. Like with the Tua injury stuff and now coming back, like man, they are a, a weird weird. Speaking team. of uh, uh, week fourteen, they head out to Denver. Catch that one in person. Chiefs Broncos on Sunday Night Football. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I hate might, the NFL. A quick nine hour drive from Kansas City. I hate the NFL um, on YouTube. Uh, interesting username, given what we're talking about here. Uh, it says, man, I wish Drake May can come out this year. Dude reminds me so much of Josh Allen. We will see. I mean, it's not draft time yet. There's still half a season to go. Um, Pete, where do you want to go next? What game interests you? Oh, Actually, let's. Let, we have to do this. What? We have to. Give, give me your best New York Jets and your best New York accent. I know you're a Giants guy and everything <clears throat> like sure. that, but let's, okay, let's here go. We go. Here we go. Did you guys see that game yesterday? Zach Wilson, he, he can do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna be honest. You're a little bit off. Maybe you'll warm up as we get as we move along. Look, it's uh, move along. It's been a while a great, since I've lived in New York. Yeah, uh, a great song by the All American Rejects. Um, the New York Jets shocked the world, 20 to 17, with the dub over the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. Uh, a game that I imagine brought Pete Tweeney much joy and jubilation. Um, because Pete Pete thinks the Bills are frauds. He won't say it, but I'll say it for him. Pete thinks the Bill I, Pete thinks that the Chiefs would have never lost this game. I, I, uh, do, I do not <laughs> think the Bills are frauds. Let's be clear here. I think they get uh, too much credit for having done nothing. That's all. That's all I feel about. That. I wouldn't say that they've done nothing. Um, what have, but, what, what have they truly done? I mean, they've had success in the playoffs. They haven't had ultimate success, but like outside of the Chiefs, they've had the most success in the AFC recently. Like I know the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year, but I mean, you know, let's again, whatever. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the game. Uh, the <laughs> I, don't, Jets, I, don't think, I think they're a good football team. I just don't. We're cra- it's, this it's was the, it's the classic case of the crown before doing it. The before this was the. This was the, the like head to head to one end of the spectrum game because with the awful loss of the Patriots last week, people are ready to like after the, the Jets got obliterated by the Bills to be like, well, same old Jets. Like you can't do it. You yes. know what I mean? Like, cool. You, you gave us a little something in October. But now when the big boys start to play, you're out of the mix. No, no, no. Now you're back. Now Jets fans are all the way back. Like I said, if the top three teams in the AFC East all have six wins, the Jets, the Bills and the Dolphins, the Patriots are right behind them with five. Um, I mean, so this division is, is, is a ton of fun. Um, I do think there's a little bit of overly crowning Zach Wilson for this performance. Like, I don't know that he led the Jets to to victory, but this Jets defense is very, very like we're not giving enough love to the Jets defense. Shout out to Robert Sala. I, by the way, I am a, a mark of good luck. Last year, I said yeah. Zach Taylor would be the first head coach to be fired. Look what happened this year. I said Robert Sala. Look what's going on. Right, right. Um, no, I, I, the Jets are interesting, and and they got the run game. They clearly have the defense. The Sala, the Sala program is really starting to work. They have a stud in in Sauce Gardner and what what he has been able to do. The question is the biggest question. It's is Zach Wilson ready to be a year or two ahead? And it's it's cute right now. They were able to pull it off yesterday because Josh Allen played horribly, by the way. Like, um, you know, that was part of it as well, where he was making uncharacteristic mistakes. He's actually found himself third in the MVP odds, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, because of that effort that he put out uh, yesterday. But, you know, you look at the Jets and you want to consider them legitimate. But, I mean, we, we always say this. It's like you could have the rest of your team set. Look at Denver for all these years. If you don't know that you have the quarterback that can get it done in, in these big-time spots, you, you got nothing, man. And there's just too many questions about Zach Wilson, where he's at at this stage, to, to feel like the Jets are a legitimate contender. 
I agree uh, with everything that you said, and I'm not trying to dismiss it and move on, but we have, uh, once again, some breaking news. That's what happens when we do this live on Mondays. I don't think you've seen it because you were giving that excellent analysis. The Indianapolis Colts have fired head coach Frank Reich. Uh, We were probably going to talk about this game much later in the show, uh, but the Colts, um, again, all due respect to the Bills and Jets. I think the Bills are happy to to no longer be talked about. They want this game over and done with as soon as possible. Um, But uh, the Colts lost to the New England Patriots on Sunday, 26 to 3. It was the second start for Sam Ellinger, um, and it was not pretty. Um, it was actually very gross. The Colts continue to have one of the worst offenses in the NFL, despite gassing themselves up and soaking in all the goodwill for doing nothing and trading for Matt Ryan and acting like that was this savior sort of moment for them. Uh, this team has been broken from the very beginning of this season. They are now three, five and one. They fired offensive coordinator Marcus Brady last week. Frank Reich is next. They've already benched Matt Ryan. There's all sorts of accountability being had, apparently, by everybody uh, that is not Chris Ballard. Frank Reich now, um, I hate to say taking some accountability. I I feel for him. I'm never happy to see anybody uh, fired. But, I mean, this was a long time coming. This Colt season broke a very long time ago. I don't know if there's a worse situation in football than Indianapolis right now where you, you bring in Matt Ryan, you've moved on from the quarterback, you make that big move at quarterback, but now you're giving up on the head coach. I think when it comes to Chris Ballard, I've always been a Chris Ballard guy. I think, you know, and I know you don't like to when I say this, but I think he he was dealt a bad hand on his selection for being a GM because he felt like he really did have the the franchise quarterback in place. It hasn't worked out in like five or six attempts to get it right after that. So you have to be fair and, and say that as well. But, you know, is, is other than maybe Carolina, you know, even if you want to say Houston, I, I feel like Houston's even in a, in a better position at this stage. Uh, it, it, it feels like an organization that, that really just needs to hit the complete and utter reset button. I'm a, I'm a little surprised that this happened mid-year. I wouldn't have been stunned if they moved on from Frank Reich after the year. But you you make the change to quarterback. So to me, that translates in like, let's just see what you can do develop development-wise. But Jim Irsay, he's a little bit unpredictable. Uh, when it comes to these types of things. And, and we saw that play out this morning. Um, I do feel, obviously, for for Colts fans, this is not fun. Um, and I think it's it's worth mentioning. And I don't say this to like offer like any sort of reprieve or give them some sort of pass. But you said hit the ultimate reset. Do you? I mean, I know you do. But like, do you remember how the Frank Reich era began? They did hit the reset. They were going to hire Josh McDaniels. And, and thank, yeah. thank, God, thank God for them that they didn't, obviously, with, with the way things are going in Vegas right now. But like even this, this was started off on a left foot and they've, they've never been able to catch up. They've continued to like Andrew Luck retired. Andrew Luck retired. What were we supposed to do? What were we supposed to do? Like grow up, like do yeah. something like what? Like there's there's nothing. Hap- this is just a wallowing franchise. That's all they do is wallow, wallow, wallow and point fingers for all of their own faults on everybody else. Where, where, I mean, again, I'm not like rooting for Chris Bow to get fired. I think that's awful. But right. like, where is his accountability? I'm so I'm wondering if he is going to get another opportunity to. To, to hire a head coach because typically when these moves happen right it is the head coach and the G- like if you're going to do the head coach and gm right it happens at usually at the same time and so i wonder if you sometimes see these gms if, if the owner sides with the gm where they get a, a shot to, to to try to redo it we'll see it, it, it feels like it's grim for chris ballard but at the same time i i would have thought that it would have happened today if it was going to happen so i don't know do you think um, this is this might be a stupid question, but do you think that the things really 
um, took off. It does feel like that Thursday night football game was like an inflection point for for the Broncos and, yeah. and Colts. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it, it felt like like those teams were the same before that game and have been the same after. But for some reason, that game like magnified the the yuck on on both of those teams. Yeah, I mean, I I'm wondering a lot about the decisions that are happening right now. Like who's making them? Is as you say, just stepped in and said. No, we're going to change quarterbacks. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Was changing quarterbacks a last ditched effort to say, okay, Frank, what can you do with Sam Ellinger? And then when you go, let me see here. I, I just had it up. 0 for 14 on third downs against the New England Patriots, and the Patriots win 26 3, and they've had their struggles. It, does he just say enough is enough? I I go back when I try to understand the mindset of hearsay, I go back to the bus video where he's in front of the bus and like, you can tell that he doesn't even want Carson Wentz to get on it after they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars and that must win to make the playoff game. And I think this particular owner, he's a little bit outward with his feelings. We we've even seen it in the Dan Snyder stuff where he's going on record and saying, you know, maybe we just get rid of this guy where the other owners really aren't that forthcoming. And so I, I think he he's a little bit more of an emotional owner. And I, I do wonder if if this 26 to three disaster yesterday uh, was a a clear like, all right, last straw type of deal. You know, we need to to change change course here. I don't have a problem being emotional. Like, I, and I think like I I like that among owners like I'm, I'm not. Oh, you fan. I'm so surprised by that. I wonder but, why that is. But like, I think it's cool um that like mark cuban is as passionate of a fan as he is as the team's owner like i do think that's cool like if you're a fan of that team it's cool that the owner's like on the same plane as you in that sense so i don't have a problem with jim mercy being um you know passionate and and you could argue that that passion leads to like some short-sighted decisions what i think this is i think this is like embarrassment i, I think this is jim mercy being tired of being embarrassed and i think that if, if like they have they have botched coach firings like think about that like they, they've botched the quarterback position because they they have refused to do anything they've just tried to hit the lotto well philip rivers is going to save us oh carson wentz is going to save us matt ryan's going to save us chuck pagano uh, should have been fired what, what year was it was it 20 um so frank Reich was hired in 2018 entering the 2017 season it was remember they were going to fire chuck pagano and like all the players went up to jim mercy's office and were like please don't fire chuck we like him like that that emotion can be a bad thing you know what i'm saying like the emotion of the moment and so he stuck with chuck pagano that didn't work out and i will say it was unfortunate what happened when they decided to go with josh mcdaniels the same way it was unfortunate what happened when they obviously andrew luck retired but like that was you made that bet to get into bed with josh mcdaniels and, and like that is proven you know five years later, four years later to be something that was dumb back then as well. And so like yeah. th th this, this is just, I mean, I, I, I have no issue firing him. I feel badly for Frank Reich, but this, I, I, I just, if I was a Colts fan, I'd be like, dude, what, where is the accountability? What's good. And I, if I was the OC who was fired last week, I'd be pissed like that. If you're, if you're fired just for Frank Reich to be fired, like you were so very clearly the scapegoat for last week. And it's just like, now it's clear. Well, Frank Reich was out of, out of, you know, people to burn, out of, out of people to throw under the bus. He was the only person left. Right. And there's just a lot of time left. I mean, we're we're we're, we're starting to figure things out, I think, and, and what this year is going to look like and who the real contenders are and, and whatnot. However, I was just thinking about this last night because, you know, you get out of the, the Chiefs game, and you're, you're through eight games. You still have nine games left, right? Like, I don't. That's why I'm just the, the timing is weird for me. There's just a lot of time left. So who's going to be the interim coach? Because they they've fired other coaches already. You know, heading into what would be the the head coach firing. And so 
man. I'm I, sorry. I just, I just realized their next two games, the Colts in yeah. this mess, are on the road against the Raiders, against Josh McDaniels, <laughs> the head coach who who they couldn't get or whatever, however you want to put that. Mm-hmm. And then their next game um, is against the Eagles in Week 11, and the coordinator they let walk, Nick Sirianni. Yeah, like just. They they are they don't deserve to be an NFL team. Like disband the Colts, relegate the Colts, unless, promote the Spurs. You know, unless this is a, unless this is just a complete punt on the year, because you know uh, the Raiders, I'm sure we'll talk about coming off a, a, another tough loss, but they should win that game, and the Eagles are going to win. Who knows about the Steelers? I tend to think the Steelers have it a little bit more together than the Colts right now, and so it's a battle of the, in the toilet. That's a primetime game I'm looking at, by the way, on November 28th. Um, is that Thanksgiving? Um, they is that the, are, is that the Thanksgiving is November 28th, Thanksgiving? Um, no, November 24th is Thanksgiving, but okay. they so are, Sunday they night are football. on, they're on Monday night football the week at like the Monday after Thanksgiving. Well, there you go. You that's, that's what, that's the, that's the primetime game. then. so they're playing the Steelers on Monday night football. That is the worst Monday night football game that we have on the well, schedule. It has th- to be. Get get ready, Pete, because they're on Monday Night Football back to back weeks. They're on Monday Night Football <laughs> that week, and then and then they're on Sunday Night Football against my Cowboys. Um, look, I'm not going to take they, any. They won't win one of those games. They won't. They won't. They're not going to um, win one of those games. I um I don't want to take my victory lap. You know, over Frank Reich getting fired, I feel for him and his family, and it's it's an embarrassing day. But everyone involved with the Colts made this bed this yeah. year, and Carson Wentz stinks. But they they blamed him and they, they they made it personal. They made it personal to save themselves and they bought themselves eight months of time, eight months of employment, whatever you want to call it. Um, this was um, uh, a lame, lame duck season. Uh, stats on YouTube uh, says, what's the case for Ballard to get to pick another head coach? He should be out. I don't know why Chris Ballard's still there. I, I mean, what what is well, like you, I, you said it? They need a whole reset here. It's it's I mean, it, you know, there there is no case except for. Uh, I, what the owner wants and i i just tend to think there's a there's a scenario here if if ballard hasn't been fired with frank reich i think there's a chance that your wants to give him another shot and it may not make any sense to us but we we are not the owner of the colts who chose to for whatever reason not fire him yet i i wonder if that is to come though we we, we will see what was the peak of the frank reich era last question here and then we'll move on i don't know what do you think i don't know is there is there a peak? Was there a peak? I mean, they beat the Texans in the playoffs with, with has, Andrew Luck. So that has to be it, right? That was the, that was year one. <laughs> so I mean, ever since then they have been such a team of almost. Well, they almost beat the Bills in the playoffs. Well, Philip Rivers was almost good enough. Well, listen, how happy is Naheem Hines? By the way, he, like even though he lost his first game with the Bills, like he's got to be pretty pumped. He should be thrilled to be out of there. Yeah, he should be thrilled. And I and I think the Bills are gonna. We'll see as it develops here, but I think the Bills are gonna use him in a in a really good way. Like I thought that was a really shrewd move by them. And now he's in a place where he's gonna be playing in the playoffs for sure. So good for Hines. Um, Jim Ursay tweeted a photo of a Colts helmet and said, "We have parted ways with head coach." Right? <laughs> yeah, God. Um. Well, wow. I, I do think I think that the Monday night football flex scheduling starts next year. Um, but that Sunday night game against Dallas is available. Like it's within the range to be flexed out. But like, you know, they're not ditching the Cowboys. Let's be real. No, um, I, I, you know, I think if the, anyone's playing the Colts, I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I would agree with you with the Cowboys, but I, if it was like Colts Bengals on Sunday night football, it's getting flexed out. You know what I mean? Like it's the, the only reason it's staying is because it's the Cowboys. It's at AT&T Stadium. 
I'm telling you, I don't think the Colts are playing. If if the Colts have an opportunity, I don't care if it's the Cowboys. I mean, it could be anybody at this point. I you know, it could be the the Ramley if they were playing a New York team. I I think they're getting flexed out. I I do not think the NFL is going to let the Colts play in primetime if it's a flexible game. I'm telling you, man. Frank Reich will be an awesome offensive coordinator next year because he doesn't have to be the leader that he was tasked to be. With the, the he could just fo- right. he could just focus in on. Well, I'm seeing some some tweets out there right now, some hot takes. I'm seeing a couple people say that he's the next coach of the Denver Broncos. That would be so funny. Um, I don't think we made enough about Peyton leaving the Colts to join the Broncos and like going from being like a baby horse to like an actual horse. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if if that had happened in the era where ESPN does these like weird cartoon graphics from Monday Night Football, there would have been some sort of like Pokemon evolution thing happening there. Yeah, um, sure. Wow. Um, all right. So uh, shout out to Frank Reich and the Colts who took over our show um, and who buried the Bills. Naheem Hines, kind of thankful, like I said, uh, for exactly when that news dropped. Let's let's speed through a couple more. Um, the speaking of those Bengals, um, who day? Can you give me a who day, Pete? Who day? I saw uh, the Bengals social team did a video. apparently like the Bengals are messing up the line. I don't know if you knew this. So like the line, I think starts with who they say. Yeah. And they have not, they have not been saying it that way. Who they say going to beat them Bengals. Right. Um, but like the Saints, what is the Saints? Who that? Like who that? Who that? The next line is going to beat them Saints. The the next line in who that is not say. Um, so, but the Bengals were basically following the who that chant, Mm. but just replacing that with day. You know what I'm saying? So I think oh. they were corrected in in understanding that the sequence of words following day. So who they say? So what you're telling me right now is the Bengals social team had to be corrected by Bengals fans. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying the Bengals social team was correcting the Bengals players. I saw an interview oh. that they they conducted. I don't know which Bengal it was. It was like one of the offensive linemen, and she was telling him like she was really sweet about it but she was like uh you guys kind of got this wrong right um, yeah so that happens here uh, sometimes when new players arrive and they they try to say like it's really good to be in kansas and it's uh like, shout little, out little touchy. Matthew. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, 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 little touchy yeah um wow but anyway who they say uh defeated the carolina panthers 42 to 21 the other team who fired their head coach um this season so we've got two coach firings as of november 7th uh, 42 to 21. The big story was Joe Mixon had five touchdowns. Holy crap. Did you go up against Joe Mixon in any of your fantasy leagues? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm down on, on the double F right now. I'm just, it's not my year. Um, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. um, I, I mentioned this. Do you think Michael Peterson looks like Baker Mayfield, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, he, he right? does. And he and, does. And I, you know, Baker seems like a guy that would enjoy a, a nice taco truck as well. So maybe they, they can connect right. on that level. Well, Baker got in the game um, in the second half, was 14 of 20, 155 yards, did throw two touchdowns, although Sam Darnold was activated on Monday. So we'll see exactly um, what happens there. Uh, but this this was a really simple game. I don't know that I believe in the Bengals again. Like I'm, yeah. I'm still like last Monday night was really, really spooky. Um, obviously, you know, it was on Halloween. It was spooky. Uh, <laughs> but, well, uh, I mean, if you if you do this on this game, if you take away the mixing touchdowns, and just start the game where, where Baker got in. The Panthers won this game. So, you know, if you look at it like that. Uh, that's true. Um, but, wow, what a performance from Joe Mixon. Um, I saw them. Speaking of the Bengals social team, they're getting a lot of pop here. Uh, they shared a video of Burrow and Mixon walking, like, out, out of the stadium. And they said, not a couple of – or not, not a bunch of average Joes. Mm. You get it? Because both their names are Joe. Two Joes. Joe squared situation, yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, wow. Um, yeah. Bengals – 
Is this Mayfield's job? You, you you let Mayfield cook now, or or do you go back to to PJ Walker? I don't know, dude. I mean, it's all broken. Doesn't matter. Like if you're, if, Doesn't matter. If, if you're if you're a Panthers or now a Colts fan, you've you're literally just watching the sand tick down on the hourglass. You know what I mean? That's all you got. You're ready for it's the. Just, you're, I know what you are. I know what you're saying. They're, they're ready for the NFL draft in Kansas City. Oh yeah, look at that. By the way, um, who's who's like who do you feel more bad for right now, Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan? Hmm. I guess Matt Ryan. Yeah, because. I don't know. There's something that rubs you the wrong way about Baker. We're like, I think Baker, in my opinion, I think he's a little quick to like, feel like he deserves something where, you know, he had one good Browns season where they made the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know if the next year was necessarily his fault. It seemed like there were some questions like similar to the Keenan Allen situation where was he playing injured? Should he have been playing? And then he was a scapegoat and they traded for someone right under his nose. I don't think it was a, a fair hand necessarily, but, Matt Ryan, you know, he's been there before. He's won an MVP. I think he was sold that he would at least get a full year with this new team. And they leaned into him at the beginning. And it's just been a a, a debacle. And, you know, the, the hard part for, I think, both of these guys, too, is the Browns have had some modest success this year. And, and you know, they may be in a position where when Deshaun returns, like th- there's a chance that, that they could be interesting and, and see if they can rattle off a few wins and, and get in, in the mix. And the Falcons are in a pretty decent place. Like, they're, I mean, not, not that it, it's excellent at four and five, but they're definitely in a better place than we, we thought they would be. So not only is uh, the new girlfriend not working out, but the ex, exes are, are, you know, they're, they're stirring a little bit. Along those lines, just very quickly, because we have a lot more games to get to the Frank Reich news kind of dominated things. Um, both of them, both Baker and Matt Ryan had their careers impacted by Deshaun Watson. Right, like by their yes. teams pursuing yes. him, and obviously in Baker's acquiring him, and it just like in that sense, I feel badly for very for both of them because you know that, that's that's a really crummy situation that they were connected to, um, or it was it was a crummy situation for them to be connected to that, and so they both like you know were so negatively impacted and are, are now part of this team, both part of teams that are terrible, both part of teams that have fired their head coaches, like just um, a lot of L's all the way around. It sucks. Um, but no L for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27 to 20. Josh McDaniel is again, kind of, you know, very grateful for the cover that the Frank Reich news has provided, uh, for today. The Jaguars picked up their third win of the season. Thanks to Trevor Lawrence's 235 yards and one mighty touchdown. Although Travis Etienne was kind of the story for the Jaguars, 28 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns. He missed all of last year, but he looks like the real deal. They traded away James Robinson and looked very smart for doing so. Yeah, I, I I'm with you, and I you know I think you're you're finally starting to see the the Jags get some steam here. My I think the the, the bigger story for me is is on the other side because as much as it was nice to see the the Jags play a little bit better, I still don't necessarily believe that they're a playoff team. I think in the AFC West and the and and how we look in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett and and how much of a a a scapegoat he's been and some of the embarrassing coaching moves and the rust thing has been a disaster. We're, we're sort of overlooking, you know, the McDaniel situation in Las Vegas. I mean, I know they're not in Las Vegas and Oakland, you know, where the, those fan bases are, they're, they're very aware, but I j- just think Hackett, we're just assuming, Oh, it's going to be a one and done because it's been such a disaster. This is the second 17 point lead that the Raiders have blown. And they went all in to go get Derek Carr, Devonte Adams. And you really felt with the new regime, this wasn't one of these things that you would have to build into being a contender. It was supposed to be automatic. And now you're halfway through the season, just about, and you're looking at a two and six record with two terrible, terrible, terrible losses. 
And so, you know, if we're all saying, well, Hackett didn't come from, you know, what was that background McDaniels did, but he's going to be definitely one and done because this has been such a disaster. Like, why are we not saying the same thing about Vegas? Because it's Josh McDaniels, like, you know what I mean? And, and I, it's, it's almost worse in, in a way. And so, uh, you know, these are two teams that, again, in my opinion, are, are not going to be in the, the postseason this year. And it's like, what are the repercussions from that? I, I feel good about Doug Peterson and I because I think he's got that young quarterback and, and this is still a program that they're starting to build. But Vegas was supposed to be, you're going to pick off where Rich Passaccia left off, which was a fifth seed in the AFC. And they added Devontae Adams. So just a disaster right now in Vegas. I don't know that um, that I feel good about the future of the Jaguars. I, I think I feel better about it than the Raiders, but that isn't like saying a lot. <laughs> so, um. I mean, these are two bad teams. One of one of them had to win. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't think, you know, I, I guess, like, I would rather be a Jaguars fan than a Raiders fan. Yeah. This game started off on the Raiders side of things. Like, okay, they're going to throw the ball to Devontae Adams a thousand times. But, hey, look at that. You threw it to him a thousand times. Ten catches, 146 yards, two touchdowns. You lost the game, but maybe you do that all the time. Like, that would be my big takeaway if I was a Raiders fan. Um, yeah. Two bad teams. Stay batting. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I can't believe that I haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Look, Pete, I know you were in on the Vikings. All right. Like, I, unlike our colleagues here at SB Nation, you yeah. are the only person who was with me in believing in the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. I believe and believed in Kirk Cousins. All right. Yeah. Nobody else did, especially Rob Stats Guerrero. Um, <laughs> and this was not a pretty win. No. But it was a win. It got them to seven and one. If this, if this Vikings team, I, I, this is my question to you. If, if what is happening with the Vikings and what is happening with Kirk Cousins were any other team, seven and one and surviving, and if the quarterback went back to the place where he used to play and got a dramatic kind of last second win like that, it would be one of the biggest stories in the NFL. But because look, people don't want to, people want to confirm their prior so badly on Cousins, they're like, ah, whatever. Uh, it's lame. Uh, he's a meme. Uh, he likes that. Oh, blah, blah, blah. This was awesome. It was so cool to see the plane ride and Kirk and all the jokes and fun. Like the Vikings are such an awesome team. Yeah. I, I, I saw the, the, it was like that me moment on the plane where he's well, he's got no shirt on. He's wearing all his chains. And when Ryan Fitzpatrick, you ever did taken it, your shirt off on a plane? Yeah, of course, of course. When Ryan Fitzpatrick did <laughs> it, when Ryan Fitzpatrick did it, it was the coolest thing going. I mean, it was we were all in. Everyone was like, "This guy's great." Kirk is is for some reason. He, I mean, he he gets this this thing where 
people just don't like him not to like him. I, I think some of it was self-induced. Remember when it was a COVID situation? Look, you can make the choice of COVID, whatever you want to do. But he was like, to the point of, I'm just going to sleep in a glass box. I mean, come on, dude. Like, I think some of that goes back to that. I and mean, I think when he's in these post-game pressers, he's a little nerdy looking. On the field, he can be terribly inconsistent. You know, you talk about the Andy Dalton line. I've always been the new line is the Kirk Cousins line. If you have a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, you, you that's feel, so disrespectful. Like he is, pretty. he's much better than what you're saying. Like, no, he's not. Actually, I mean, I, I, just, I tweeted I, this yesterday. I like I the question. Vikings because of his surrounding cast more than Cousins. Agreed. I, I think but that, but that, doesn't, but that doesn't mean he's not good. So here's, here's my question to you. I yes. tweeted this yesterday uh, as the afternoon games are wrapping up. So when you were like, what was your pregame meal before the game last night? They served burgers at the press box. Are they good? See, that's, that sounded like, like you were disappointed. Well, the Arrowhead Stadium press box, they uh, the the G E H A uh, stadium. Yeah, the box. G. They have the burgers, but and they're good. They actually decent burgers, but the, the they have the they don't have the cheese melted on the burgers. You put the like dry, they the oh burger, like the, the burgers kind of hot, and you, you put a sliced cheese on oh, it. Oh, gross! It'd be a little bit better if they could somehow have like a cheeseburger spin and then the regular burgers you know where it's melted the at and stadium press box has the greatest mac and cheese you'll ever have in your life there's pulled pork there's like yeah. you know it's 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 what you think i don't need is. to visit at&t to know that they might be doing a little bit better job than the <laughs> so anyway um so i tweeted this out who are the top five quarterbacks in the nfc in order right now today well it's it's jalen hurts right um i mean fine and then is is it dak <sighs> I mean, no, like I'm, I'm, I know that like people be like, what a homer, but like, who's, the, who's two, who, like, who's, uh, I you think know, the five, the five I hate names, to say it. it might be Gino. I think the five names include him. I think the, the names are Hertz, Dak, Gino, Cousins, and Brady. I, I, people, you don't, you're going to roll your eyes here. It's still Brady and, and Rogers are still in that mix. And that's I know they're stupid. playing like, I that's know, incredibly stupid. I know they're playing horribly. I understand. But I don't think still, even with how bad the first half has gone for both of these guys, I don't think we can realistically say to each other, like, they're not going to play well at a certain point this year. You're starting to see a little bit with Brady. It was bad yesterday, but a little bit better. Rodgers was an absolute disaster. I'm the first to admit that. But, like, completely writing him off and saying that he's not among the top five in his conference, unwilling to do that. Unwilling to do it. Anyway, um, the commanders made this one close. Um on the subject, uh, is Ron Rivera in trouble? You think at the end of the, like I think Ron Rivera is making it through the season, but like at the end of it all, like I wonder. You know what I mean? He could be one of the the Black Monday firings, right? But like no, because this is a very weird situation right now. How- it, it, oh, here's a question: Is he the Kirk Cousins of coaches? But like in, in the opposite, <laughs> no, 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 like in like the way the way you just described it, because you said I like Kirk Cousins because of his surrounding cast. So like in the same spirit of that, like are you willing to like? allow more for ron rivera because of his surrounding cast and like what he's working with there and what does it they could get yes. my question yes yes i yes i i know i think he's a little bit higher than that he's had a bad stretch here you know that that there's no there's you mean no, his entire career in washington there, right there's, there's no denying that i don't think you could fire him because of the owners ownership situation you're gonna fire this guy and then sell the team and i think he's i think he's gonna i think the next ownership will have a, a say in this thing and so i, I mean they I, did that in denver i know but i think he I know, but I think he, I think Ron Rivera has a little bit higher of a, of a pedigree, and I I think, I mean, I don't want to assume anything about Dan Snyder has been an absolute disaster, but I I tend to right. think that the next ownership will get to make that call, and and he might get one more year because of that. Um. All right. Let's um. Let's fly through here. Uh. The Detroit Lions 
survived lineup against the Green Bay Packers. How about how about uh, Dan Campbell? Just I mean, the guy who just wants to get home and have I'm a beer. I'm so sick. Of he Dan just wanted. To, I'm want, so sick of that stupid. He was kind exhausted, of, and after such a, like, a big W, he wanted to get home and have a little Bruce. Pe- people pe- people think that Dan Campbell does not know what he's doing. He is so aware of of the way he placates to the crowd and to the media. Like, and he's now great. today, you're to this point, there are people all over the world being like, "Man, what a what a badass!" Like, he just wants to get home and have a. He's just like me. He wants to go home and have a beer. Like, he's exhausted. Like, he wants to put. His I'm feet so up, sick big of the, 15 of the nine dub. Just, so to, just wants to pop pop the bubbly a little bit. You know, you know, um, blame the guy. Right? Kudos to the Lions for winning. Um, and I saw uh, Jamie Reisman, who does a great job of running Pride Detroit yeah. around here. Um, <laughs> but I and, and so he was kind of refu- refuting this claim, and I I would refute it too if I was him. But like from our perspective, I don't know that Lions fans should feel like super pumped. Like th- this is hardly like you know, slaying the dragon that is the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, the Packers, um, like are, this, Packers are a disaster. This, this team stinks, dude. And, like, man, it is kind of refreshing to see so many people holding Aaron Rodgers accountable. And all this dude does is, like, dig himself deeper. Like, blame – he's the Frank Reich and Chris Ballard of quarterbacks right now. Like, just blaming people, blaming people. Everybody sucks. Everybody stinks. I mean, it is it is a tough scene right now for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, three and six is a tough hole, and and they're staring down uh, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Eagles. That's right, baby. And, and the, this one is for Mike. And then this the, week, baby. And then the Bears. I just I want to say this: the Packers fired Mike McCarthy after falling to four seven and one four yeah. years ago. All right? I don't think there's Wait, a team. the Cowboys can knock them to three and seven at Lambeau Field. That would be so sweet. I the 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 Packers. You know, in, in in this in this OBJ sweepstakes that we're about to enter here, where there's a lot of teams involved, I know the Cowboys will be involved as well. From what all the reports are saying, they need him the worst uh, if they're going to have any chance this year. I mean, they why they, why would you go there if you're Odell? No, why, I, why, I, I mean, I know, I know, but you know, you had the Packers that were tied to Claypool. They offered a first rounder for DJ Moore reportedly. I mean, they desperately need a receiver. I'm just wondering if they give OBJ whatever he's looking for you know what isn't it funny that and and justice mosqueda who does a great job around here as well has been all over this like rogers was like people come here to play with me who who's showing up to play with you aaron like who's who's the person that's dying to play with you in green bay well i think that narrative took a big hit when it was so clear that Devontae wanted to leave because you thought that when he said he wanted out because he didn't know what aaron's like future was like he said you know yeah and they they seem to have a you know really strong rapport, and and it's it's tough to break up the band and still think that the you know, you as a solo artist are going to have some success. I mean, you're mm. you're seeing that with uh, Aaron in Green Bay and Devontae in in Vegas now. Um, they need another weapon. They know it. They tried to do it. It didn't work out for them, and so now they have to win with these younger players, and it's just not working out. Lazard has really emerged, but he had to it because there's really nobody else. I believe uh, Dobe Dubes. Am I saying that correctly again? Dobes. Dobes left with an injury, right? He, so I, yeah. I think he's uh he's in question right now too. So just yeah, it's a it's a tough stretch right here in, in Green Bay. And, and there's gonna be a lot of questions with this team um in the offseason. And they gave they gave Aaron Rodgers a lot of guaranteed money. And you know, they got another two years of this thing. And we talk a lot about how Denver made a huge mistake with Russ Wilson. I don't disagree, but it, 
you're starting to approach that of like which which one is worse i mean it's hard to really I, I, pick a worse one at this point what, one story that isn't told i don't know if this is what you're like referencing but like what if they had gotten aaron Rodgers? but like the the two quarterbacks who denver wanted most are yeah. terrible one yeah. of them is theirs obviously and russell wilson but like how much better would things have been with aaron Rodgers? Like, well, at it least was, you wouldn't it, have uh, the dumbest motto in the league going right now so you, you'd have that positive but, but would would you rather be the cheesy meme the way they are with russ or like the the jerk that, the cheesy that you know meme I mean? or the cheese head meme is what you're saying. Ah, uh, that's right. Yep. The Seattle Seahawks outlasted the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned Gino Smith, 31 to 21. The final score: Gino 26 to 34, 275 yards, two touchdowns. Did throw a pick, chipped in six carries for 38 yards. This Cardinals team, get ready to watch them on hard knocks, baby. Starting this Wednesday uh, on HBO. Can't wait to see this three and six team that sucks. It's that is actually going to be really interesting because every time you you pan over to the sideline and at the Cardinals as they're losing these games, Kyler Murray is just screaming his head off. I mean, he was he, fighting with Hop, which we will seemingly see on this week's episode. He is no, um, I mean he he doesn't look like someone that you would like to play with. He doesn't look like a leader. He's got bad body language. It doesn't look like Cliff even enjoys him anymore. And this Cardinals team, if they keep on this this track, they're not going to make the postseason. And I I don't. Even you know, I, I don't want to give the the Seahawks a lack of credit here because I think the Seahawks are actually good. I cannot believe it, but I think they're actually good, and I think they have a really good chance to win this division, which is in, in, in unbelievable to say. We never would have predicted that in a million years. Um, but yeah, the Cardinals are a mess, and they've doubled down on the head coach and, and quarterback ahead of a messy season. So I don't know how that plays out in the offseason. I don't know if you agree with me, and I'm really interested to see a primetime game in Seattle in the winter. You know what I mean? Because like, there's like. You know, if you've watched football the last decade, like there's something about those like November, December, like when they, when it's already dark at kickoff, like primetime games, you know what I'm sure. saying? They're like, it's just, it's super intimidating. Um, I, I, I don't know, you know, why it is that way, but it's, it's fun. They host the Niners on Thursday night football in week 15 when the great uh, stretch starts, like we talked about. Um, and th this kind of feels like the beginning of that era. Like, I'm not saying the players are the same or the talent is the same. Obviously that 2012 draft class was really fun, but like the energy is akin to what it was like. If you if you weren't a, a direct rival of the Seahawks in those early days when the run began, you kind of like wiped them. You know what I'm saying? Like I know yeah. you know, and, and I'm fortunate the Cowboys had a big win against them, which you know it's easy to like little brothers um, in okay. that way. Yeah, but they they're just like it kind of feels like they're back a little bit, which is something I don't think anybody saw coming. They're six and three, and Gino um, Gino is a good quarterback, which is like something we had. You know, I'm not I'm not even trying to be punny here, but we all had written off Geno Smith. Like he's a career mm -hmm. backup. He can be a backup in this league. There's no way he could start. I mean, even in this game, he, had, he has an, a pick six and you, know, you hear about short memory, short memory all the time. Right. He battles back. He finished with 26, 34, 275, two touchdowns and the pick. And he got the 106.9 passer rate. And that's what good quarterbacks do. Like they have that short memory. They, they get up, they dust themselves off. And for years, we. And I'm, I'm trying to remind people this. We laughed at Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll just wants to run the ball. He just wants to, you know, run first offense. Why won't they let Russ cook? Let Russ cook. He's so good. He's an MVP candidate. Russ looks ridiculous now. And mm -hmm. then they bring Ken Walker, and he's marvelous. He's running 26 over 109 and, and two touchdowns. And they're doing exactly what Pete wanted to do. And, you know, like I always say this, like, it's never too late to, to win the breakup. Like, Pete Carroll looks great right now. He looks great. Look. I mean, I'm not trying to lump them in the same like level of great, but Pete, like of, of the breakups, Pete Carroll looks kind of wise, right? For wanting to get rid of Russ, like Russ was the problem. Tell me that the same isn't even kind of marginally true for Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. And I understand Aaron Rodgers has had successes over the last few years, but like it, it's very clear that it was not like, you know, utopia for Mike McCarthy to work in, in during his time in Green Bay.
Yeah, it's. A, I don't know. Yeah, I. All right. Again, not, but, not the same thing, but like you get what I'm saying. There's a fraction of the energy you're talking about with Mike McCarthy. Like it's a good time to be the person who was both Pete Carroll and Mike McCarthy publicly took the L after their breakups. Folks will disagree with with me about this, but I think of the four individuals we're talking about, so it's Pete, Russ, Mike McCarthy. And Aaron Rodgers, like Pete, is the most likable by far. I mean, it's, I agree. But a little bit of unlikability to, to McCarthy well, and, the, and Rodgers. The le- but the least likable is Aaron. Like, say, like yes. Russ is Russ sure. is a you know, sure. is, I agree with is that corny yes. and stuff. But like, at, at the very least, Russ is very like well intentioned. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's some selfishness there, but like he is you know by all measures a, a good human being. Um, you know, like Aaron would be the most difficult person to work with. And Aaron was the one who took the biggest victory lap over the person he broke up with. Um, you know, that's all I'm saying. But uh, just to wrap things up with this. Wait, are, you excited? Week- are you excited for this Packers Cowboys game for some reason? I, I'm sensing some excitement out of you. Th- this week's from Mike. Anyway, uh, Seahawks <laughs> six and three. I just want win or loss. Um, next game in Germany against the Bucks. I think the I think the Bucks are back. I think the Bucks pull that one out. Okay, I disagree. But on, then on their bye, uh, then Raiders at home. They'll win that one. In L.A. against the Rams. I like the Seahawks. Okay, so that's eight. Panthers win. Niners on Thursday Night Football. That's at home, for what it's worth. And they've owned them for a long time. I don't know. I usually I like to split these, and they got oh they lost the first one. All right, I'll we'll give them the win because I think I like I like these teams to split in the AFC West or the All right, AFC so West. You, you've say. got them at ten wins at this point when they go to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I I was talking about this with somebody last night. I think this is going to be a great game, Chiefs and Seahawks. I I think the Chiefs. I, like, are pl- I could I could see the Chiefs dropping that. You know what I mean? Like that's it's hard to it's hard to pick games like that, but like it's definitely in that category. And then the Jets and Rams to finish. I don't up, think like, the Chiefs are going to lose at home on Christmas Eve. Um, although I do like the Seahawks, so I'm going to give them a loss there. I have to. And then I like the I like them over the Jets and the Rams. So I think they're winning 10-11 games. Easy yeah. is the point. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Last couple of games to uh slide through here very quickly bucks beat the rams 16 to 13 i don't think the bucks are back this was a pathetic game this was really boring and gross and stupid and dumb i can't believe it was one of two afternoon games on. that final sequence is something to build off of i i don't you or know something to be like just devastated by for the rams you yeah i mean both sides of it <laughs> i think that the bucks needed something like that and like they need to take one of these moments that they had they have pulled out a win and then follow it up at the beginning of the next week's game and i'm wondering if that can finally happen what is it next week it's uh you said it it's the seahawks like this is the yeah, perfect opportunity for for you know you're on national tv it's the morning you know a lot of people be watching this game get up you know get up early with the kids or whatever if you have a kid like you are jay i don't have a kid i'll just get up and have some coffee but uh i think the bucks can build off that go to germany and then when you beat a six and three team, and the Seahawks are legitimately good, surprisingly, and then all of a sudden you're five and five, you're coming back to the states. I think the Bucks can turn it around right here because you're entering your by five and five, and you're starting to feel a little bit better about everything. I think it depends how you define turnaround. Like, can they win the division? Sure, totally. But like, can they be a legitimate like? I don't think I think the the NFC right now the bet the three best teams in the NFC get in the dance and pull up your pants. We've seen the, wild the, cards. Go the whole way. Sure, sure. But but today, the four best teams in the NFC are the Eagles, Vikings, Seahawks, and Cowboys. The fifth is probably San Francisco. Um, so I just, yeah, whatever. Uh, the Rams, dude, the Rams are awful. Like, th- th- there is nothing, like, I, I feel more confident than ever that their title last year was this, like, weird fluke of events that worked out in their favor. Like, it just, it felt like, it felt lame and like a script. Like, very Hollywoody, obviously. We're on a streak now, not only of the team playing their Super Bowl and winning it in their building, but now you've had two players that should have left on top 
but didn't, and now we'll never get that opportunity mm. again. It's a shame. And Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, just so we're clear. Uh, Aaron um, Donald, but yes. Oh wow! Curveball. Look at you, Pete. Twenty final game Sunday night football. Like, like those world champion Astros, baby. Woo. There we go, Pete. That's my man. Uh, put I'm, Pete in the bullpen. That's right. I, what I would be it. your song to walk out of the bullpen to? Uh, like you're walking around. Rivera fan growing up, but I wouldn't use Enter Sandman. Um, maybe wake up, shut up, what up, what up, wake up, wake up. You wanted to. I don't even know who sings that, but that that feels right. Um. Chiefs win overtime, twenty to seventeen. Maybe Jason Derulo. Oh yeah. Uh, what just? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, you gotta do the like obligatory though, like Jason Derulo. No, that's up to him oh. to do it. Yeah. Um, this was a really inspired effort from the Titans. I mean, they had won five games in a row. Yeah. Um, and you can argue should have won this game. Obviously, didn't. Um, you know, really kind of crazy sequence at the end. It did kind of feel. What like, happened at I the end, RJ? You can say it. It's okay. What happened at uh, the end, Patrick? Patrick, look. Hey Pete, I have been Team Chiefs. I'm there's saying, no need to. I, I there's there's hear, no need to I attack hear me. You say what you need to say here. I know, what, but what happened? I, I just want. To, I have been Team Chiefs this season. All right, like let's be very clear. I am an honorary Kingdom member. All right, and what happened at the very end was mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes refused <laughs> to lose. Now, what I will say, I don't like. Woo! I'm not. I'm not saying it's not fair. That's right. But I don't. Or that there was some like in in whatever happening. But like the the back to back penalties and the two point conversion, just like that's a lame way for it to end. Like when when something this, cool is happening. Um, so this was in my rapid reaction last night. I mean, you know, I usually have the three points and I do a final word. That's kind of how I've made it. Arrowheadpride.com. That's how I do it at the you know after these games. Well, my my third point was like flags aren't fun, and I was not a point of like complaining about the Titans getting calls or the Chiefs getting calls. I you know I tried to take that out of it and said like you have this game. And it's it's interesting in a weird way. I mean, you'd rather it be Tannehill and Mahomes, right? In the, in the rematch of the AFC title from a few years ago. But you have a, a kid that's interesting in Malik Willis. And here he is in a spot start at Arrowhead, you know, Sunday night football, going up against the mighty Chiefs. Titans could really use this as a season-defining game. The Chiefs have a golden opportunity because the Buffalo Bills dropped a, one they shouldn't have earlier in the day. And suddenly mm-hmm. it's interesting. And what do you have? You have 18 flags. For over a hundred yards, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like in the in the press box yesterday. I'm like, this is this game, you know, taking any kind of bias at all out of it. This is such a dull, boring mm-hmm. game, and every play was a flag. And I completely agree with you. And I'm again, I'm not trying to to say that you even you're wrong. I I don't think there should have been so many flags on the two two point conversion. I just don't think there should have been it's, many flags. It's just period. Like a, it's it's a whimper, like you know what I'm saying. Like that was such an epic like sequence, and then it's just like it just deflates it for you. As, as the a fan whole game it. was like that, deflated right. by these flags, and it was the it was the entire game. It was terrible. It was honestly I could terrible. not. I know. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the broadcast yet. Obviously, three hours of sleep, like we talked about, but um. Chris Collinsworth is literally hyping up and appropriately the connection between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey as the ball tips off of Kelsey's hands. Like it, it was just like a really like funny <laughs> point of irony that like he was literally like, man, these dudes are so they know each other. Blah, and then like, bloop, it was really funny. Uh, quick points for me. I watched the whole game very closely, obviously. Um, I was literally reading a tweet like maybe six minutes after the game ended that said Malik Willis only completed five passes. And I was like, that's impossible. Like, there's, <laughs> I was like, there's no way that that yeah. is actually what happened. And then obviously I, I double checked and I, I, I could not believe this, that, even though I watched. This is a problem that the Titans have right now. Um, they need to get Tannehill back. And, and, and here's why, because this is a it could be a quarterback of the future type of type of deal. 
but this is someone that they need to build their entire program and offense mm-hmm. around. And it's nothing like Ryan Tannehill, like in what Ryan Tannehill Hill does. I mean, there needs to be designed plays for Willis to use his athleticism. And it's just, they're trying to ma- make it work on the fly. And it almost did work last night. I, you know, I, I was, I had 700 words written, you know, in that same article I was talking about in a loss, I had to scrap everything. I mean, that's, that's part of the gig. That's what we do. But between uh, um, copywriter, let's go. Yeah, I scrapped everything because uh, Patrick Mahomes stole the show once again. I mean, it, this is not something that we should be completely surprised about. But, um, you know, the Titans were in a position to to win. And if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at the Titans from someone outside looking in because I don't study the Titans every every single week. Their defense is legitimate. And so if dude, they can get Tannehill back, I think they're going to be a very tough out in the AFC playoffs. I have a, very, a couple of very quick points. I don't think we give Mike Vrabel enough credit. Like I know, and I know that's like a really popular thing to say, but man, like he is such a good coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I don't know that any coach gets more out of less or, or, or get like I actually the, the best way to say this, I don't know that any coach like bleeds the the like piece of fruit dry. Like like Mike Vrabel gets all the meat off the bone. Like every every single piece. It is so fun to watch. Um, and he's got he's he's Belichickian, and so he he knows the rules of the game and exploits everything to the tenth degree. Right. The difference is, is that Belichick is a smaller statured, older guy, and he just looks like an almost like a nerdy yeah, where, where Mike's is like, like oh, I, he looks younger. like I'm in the gym, but he's very smart. And and you see it in the game planning and how they try to attack teams and, and win. And he almost he almost beat Andy Reid and Mahomes. I had not been Mahomes being miraculous and the flags, like you were saying, you know, who knows how this goes and having Tannehill, I, I don't. I'd like to see these two teams play with a healthy Ryan Tannehill. You know, is what I'm saying. And it's been impressive without AJ Brown because they, you know, My they really don't points, have anyone through the year. Oh, dude, it, and AJ was. I don't know if you saw us tweeting during the game and like making fun of the Titans. And it's like, why can't you let this go? Like, I, I think that's really strange that AJ has this like vendetta against the Titans. Like, you, you got out, you got what you wanted. You're on an undefeated team. You got paid. Like, why are you still harboring Ty, these ill know, feelings? Ty Hill does the same thing, and he's gonna. He's in a great team right now, and. They're very interesting, and uh, he does the same thing to the Chiefs. I don't know why. It's just very strange. But my absolute last point, you mentioned that the Packers maybe need Odell Beckham the worst. Of the teams who have been connected, I know that obviously every Chiefs fan is going to be like, give us Odell. But if we're ranking them, I think the Chiefs need him the least. Um, yeah, it, like Ju- Juju has really come along, and that's been really interesting to watch. I do think the unsung hero on the Chiefs offense is Miko Hardman. Like it just it feels like like he he's gonna have a pop. Like he's gonna have a moment at some point, somebody that's gonna break things. Like he, he may not have he may not be as consistent as other players, but he's gonna have a pop. I really, really like Miko Hardman. They're spreading the ball around and they have a lot of different options. And now that you've added Tony, I especially don't think that you need OBJ because Tony is 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 a a very very interesting player. He's very athletic, uber athletic. You know, I talked to Ed with Big Blue and and he Ed's a believer in him. He just needed to kind of get his head straight off the field and get healthy. And both seem to already be happening one week in here. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see how Tony grows. And I think now that you've added him, you do you really need to add an, you know, what would be an eighth receiver? Because Justin Watson is pretty good too. So they almost have two receivers, too many receivers right now, as it is, that can contribute to the offense. And the Chiefs, they look a little different because they don't have Tyree Kill anymore. They're not taking the top off the, the defense, but you know, they're winning by using a lot of different receivers and you don't really know where they're going to go with the football. So they need to fix the run game. That's a, that's a huge problem. You're not going to be able to win on the playoffs consistently unless you get this run game fixed. But aside from that, they're, they're okay. They're six and two. And now uh, it's really interesting. If Buffalo drops another one, then the Chiefs, Chiefs can keep winning. They can have a better outright record and, and sneak into that buy. So uh, we'll see how it goes in the second half here. Um, all right. It's time. Rachelle, please join us. Number one, we are sorry. We went over on time. Blame the Colts. 
but so number one, Rachel, your thoughts on the Colts firing Frank Reich. Number two, one big takeaway from Sunday's NFL action. And number three, of course, MFW MVP. Uh, I'll start with my biggest takeaway. I don't think either of you guys have mentioned this, but I said stock up performance for the Lions of rookie safety, uh, Joseph I thought that that was, you know, not the fact that he had not one, but two interceptions and he uh, batted a ball down. So I was like, that's good for him to be shining right now. And definitely a player to watch. Uh, Not too much to say on like the Frank Wright uh, firing. I think that both of you guys touched on it and hit some really like hit on some really good points. Uh, Ben Solak tweeted out, you know, like uh, all of the different uh, firings that have happened up until this point. RJ, you always talk about this team being a fraud team. So it's kind of like at this point, just. Yeah, just, it is what it is. It's uncomfortable. Right. I like the point that you mentioned about Ursay like being embarrassed at this point. Clearly, like he said, enough is enough. So it's not really like surprising to see. So hopefully like this will be like a shift for this organization. And then based off of some of the points today, one of my favorite points was RJ, you talked about. Um, how Zach Wilson was getting like crowned a little mm-hmm. bit too much and it really wasn't even down to him. Like the defense played a yeah. role. That's crown sauce Gardner. Right. Totally with you. Yeah. So I like that point a lot. Was that my point? Pete, Rachel, Rachel is speaking. Please let her no, speak. No, no. RJ said it first and then you commented on it. And oh, you said you okay. <laughs> so that one was, yeah. And then also, RJ, I like how you mentioned, um, well, this is more so like disagreeing with with Pete. Pete, you say you think the Bucks are back. I don't agree. So RJ said he didn't think they're back. You guys can bet against the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm going to be on the (laughs) other side of that. That's all right. I I mean, Tom Brady is always going to be the GOAT. I just don't know if I agree with them. Very well said, Rachel. He's single single Tom right now. (laughs) Headed to Germany. Who knows Um, what happens when you're on vacation? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, today's winner <laughs> is Ocella. Sure. Let's go! Terrible That's pick. Three in a row. Picking Roel to me is always around. incorrect, um, as you know. Uh, but look, I appreciate your decision, even though it's, a, yes. even though it's the wrong one. I want to thank Rachel, uh, first and foremost, for being so wonderful in every single way. Um, I want to thank the Houston Astros for inspiring me by defeating the, um, I wouldn't say frauds, but the little brothers that are the Philadelphia Phillies. I just want to let all of the Philadelphia fans know that I have a title against you. It's not just a regular season win. I have a title, a world championship that I slayed the mighty city of Philadelphia uh, to get. So shout out to me. Um, I also want to thank Michael Peterson came in, inspired me with his, um, his, his stunning good looks. Uh, Michael is wonderful. I hope the tacos work out for him. Um, and I want to thank you, Pete, for, um, for being the Phillies of this show, the losers um, in the title round. I, I, I don't feel like uh, the Phillies, um, you know, I, I feel like in a, a team that's going to come back stronger next year and, and knock off the Strauss, you know, or we're, we're, we're getting ready right now to do it. Mm. Wow. Um, okay. Then, um, Rachel, um, please send us home with number one, your favorite kind of taco, like that, mm. that you would recommend that Michael get. And two, um, pick a food that Pete has to make the sound of that mm. is not tacos. Um, taco, I would say you can never go wrong with a breakfast taco. Good call. So I'm going to go with the uh, scrambled eggs. That's mm-hmm. like a, that's a good choice. Mm. Okay. Mm, yes. egg, egg and bacon. Yeah. 
a sound of a food that you should make. I'm gonna go with shrimp. <laughs> <laughs>